to A Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Good afternoon. My name is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. As I speak with you for the next 15 minutes or so, you've got to be thinking, geez, all this guy does is go to funerals. And frankly, I'm starting to think that too. In my age, it seems like I go to a lot of funerals, not many weddings, and even fewer baptisms. I guess my wife and I are in that tweener stage. I did have one of my son's best friends get married recently, and another one of his best friends is getting married shortly. So I'm hoping there's something in the air for our family. Last weekend, I had the good fortune to attend the funeral of my dear friend's mother. It was truly a celebration of life. I may have met her on one or more occasions uh, because I've known the family for over 30 years, but we certainly weren't close. She was 90 years old when she died, and she lived a full and amazing life. The reason we go to funerals is to, of course, support the family during their grief and at a time of loss. I have been on the other side of the receiving line. I have heard all the platitudes. They are all well-meaning and thoughtful and appreciated. However, a dear friend once said, I hate it when they say, you were in our thoughts and prayers, which I always thought was a curious sentiment. I'm not sure what else people should say. I mean, if you're a person of faith, any faith, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, I would think that prayers at a difficult time would be welcomed. Certainly, they can't hurt. I've never heard anyone say, man, I wish people hadn't prayed so much for me. So last Saturday morning, I got dressed in coat and tie to say goodbye to a friend and honor the family with my presence. The church was fairly full. Proper COVID protocols were in place, despite the fact that there is now no evidence that social distancing or masks do much good. And it was nice to be there. It was a beautiful day, and the church was a Baptist church. Interestingly, I haven't been in many Baptist churches, but it was bright and cheery and looked like we were actually going to have a celebration of life. And the flowers her family had picked out were absolutely gorgeous. As you can imagine, 91-year-old people have outlived a great many of their friends. The church held more ladies than men, another example of the demographics of life. As I was once told by an old friend, that's called the cowboy way. The husband dies first. So I got there early to make sure I could get a good seat in the event it was overcrowded or if we were over socially distanced. I sat alone and watched the folks come in, some young but mostly old, and I watched the family come in. The theme was to wear something bright. I had worn a green tie because our friend who died was from Shamrock, Texas, and it seemed appropriate. Then I watched her son come into the sanctuary. I didn't know him, uh, but I knew him through the extended family. He's a good-looking doctor from the East Coast. He immediately made a beeline to his mom's caregivers, who were sitting off to the side, and asked them to join the family. It was a loving and gracious gesture, and in the South, not unexpected. You could tell they were humbled, temporarily put up a resistance to remain where they were, but eventually conceded and joined the family, in their place of honor. It's one of the things I love about the gentility of the South. Our parents take care of us for the first 20 years of our life, and our children take care of us for the last 20 years of our life. That's the way it works. That's the way it's always worked. In fact, 
This weekend, my wife is going to see her mom in Chicago after an extended separation due to the cruelty of COVID and its mandates. As everyone settled in, I began to peruse the program. My friend's mother was a true tour de force. As I read about her remarkable life, it made mine seem small. This woman, her entire life, had been what we call a giver. She was married at 18 and remained married until her husband's passing some 50 years later. That in itself gets you a gold star in heaven. She raised three successful and beautiful children. That's gold star number two. And her children actually married nice people, and the family seemed to actually enjoy each other a great deal. Apparently, family dinners were a frequent event. The grandchildren are all successful and friendly. How wonderful. All because of a matriarch who kept her eye on the prize. Being a good Christian and living by Christ's example. But it goes further than that. She literally lived the graces that God bestowed upon her. In her lifetime, she served the least among us. In the Catholic Church, we believe in the seven corporal acts of mercy. And those include to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to give shelter to travelers, to visit the sick, to visit the imprisoned, and to bury the dead. And my friend's mom did all of those. But I want to share a story about something that was obviously near and dear to her heart. She served as a volunteer at MD Anderson for many years, and during that time she welcomed literally thousands of people into her home who needed respite. As a caregiver of Huntington's patients, I cannot express how wonderful this is for a family member. In the rush of taking care of a loved one, the caregiver is often the one who gets forgotten. When your loved one is at MD Anderson, they have a bed and meals and someone to take care of their every need. The caregiver, of course, must see to all this and then fend for themselves. They must find a hotel or motel to stay in. They must find a meal, often after hours, and they must find time to pray and find solace as they work through this difficult process. My friend's mother provided all of that and more. She did so much, they literally named the Volunteer of the Year Award at MD Anderson after her. Additionally, her mom was an active churchgoer. She and her husband were married in a small church in North Texas. Upon coming to Houston, she and her husband were founding members of what is now the largest Episcopal church in the United States, St. Martin's, here in Houston. It's the home to such luminaries as President George and Mrs. Barbara Bush and Secretary of State James Baker and his wife, Susan, and their family. But my friend's mother planted the acorn that became the mighty oak where literally thousands now worship, all because when they needed her, she stood up and said, yes. Later in life, she would join the church where I sat watching this awesome story of this remarkable woman, and it was a Baptist church. Episcopalian, Baptist, what a great and powerful reminder that God finds us where we are. We don't even have to go looking for him. In this church, she was known as grandmother of the class and had a special seat of honor. In her humility, she probably didn't want it, but in her increasing age, she was entitled. And for her, it was a great place to greet everyone who came in. Literally everyone that came in was greeted by her, and how welcoming. But as she had done at her own home, this was nothing new to her. In addition, she took mission trips, even at an advanced age. She went to the Holy Land and to Greece to support other pilgrims in their prayer journey. She cared for all. 
She was tireless, and she spoke about how much she enjoyed these sightseeing trips and what they meant to her. She regaled her family with these stories of her trips, the places she went, the people she met, the things she saw. I tear up as I tell this story, and I laugh as I tell this story. Why? Because you see, my friends, my friend's mother, Karen Harrison, was legally blind. Let me repeat that. She was legally blind. And so this is literally what Jesus meant when he said, and was recorded in John twenty twenty nine, Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. I heard these stories from her son, who on occasion lost composure as he eulogized his beloved mother. I pained for him, and there's nothing more perfect than a son's love for his mother, and of course a mom's love for her son. But it's also true of my friend. It's for daughters and moms, and daughters and dads, and dads and all. It was truly a celebration of life. It's a reminder that life is short, and that we must always keep our eye on the prize. Earthly possessions are just those, earthly, and they cannot be taken with us. As we finished the service, a full New Orleans jazz band came into playing. They boisterously played when the saints go marching in. I remember that song from my childhood. I think it was mandatory learning at Catholic school. And I remember it was always upbeat and uplifting, but I never really gave much thought to the words. It goes like this. We are traveling in the footsteps of those who have gone before, and we'll all be reunited on a new and sunlit shore. Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in, Lord, how I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. And when the sun begins to shine, and when the sun begins to shine, Lord, how I want to be in that number when the sun begins to shine. Oh, when the trumpet sounds its call, oh, when the trumpet sounds its call, Lord, how I want to be in that number when the trumpet sounds its call. Some say this world of trouble is the only one we need, but I'm waiting for that morning when the new world is revealed. My friend's mom, Karen Harrison, in her life on earth and in her death, reminded me that this new world has been revealed. It's been revealed during the resurrection of Christ. Because like the new world she has and all of us have been promised, and the new world we happily acclaim in the song, when the saints go marching in, Easter doesn't end on the day of the resurrection. It begins the new life that we have all been promised. I know that a band met my friend's mom on the other side, and I am grateful for a life well-lived and that left such a great example for all of us that are left behind. So one more time, let's remember that prelude to when the saints go marching in. It goes like this. We are traveling in the footsteps of those who have gone before, and we'll all be reunited on a new and sunlit shore. Let's always remember that yesterday is history, my friends. Tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a present, which is why we call it a gift from God. Please join me in endeavoring to live every day like my mom's friend. My name is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World.